All right, you guys, this is going to be the first episode that I'm actually going to release of my podcast. Um, I just want to give a brief introduction on what this episode is going to be and actually who I am and so on and so forth. So um, I'm Blair. I'm Claire. People know me as Crip. People know me as Lope. I am here to talk about the season finale of The Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, That is not going to be the basis of my podcast. My podcast is going to be whatever the fuck I want to do that day. But this is what the fuck I want to do today. So this is what we're doing. Um, I will try to make an effort to get these um, episodes categorized because, again, um, The full podcast is not going to just be reviews, or at least that's not what I see for it. Um, I've recorded a bunch of podcast episodes, a bunch. When I tell you so many, I honestly feel so ashamed for asking people to come over and co-host because I get really caught up in, you know, wanting to add sound effects and is this going to sound good? And then a lot of times after I talk for two hours, I don't want to listen again and edit things out that I may have said and that I shouldn't have. So sometimes my anxiety gets the best of me, but whatever. I have a drink here. Um, tonight I'm sipping on um, a little uh, Frasione champagne, a little, you know, low end. Um, I got the high-end grapefruit juice from Simply Lemonade, or Simply. Um, I have a few squirts of fresh lemon juice, and then I have some rosé wine. I don't know what brand it is, but I mixed it all together, and it's very sweet and tart at the same time. So, We'll allow this to um, kind of ease my nerves. I know a lot of y'all don't like the ASMR, so I will be very diligent in um, taking quick sips so y'all don't hear it all night. Okay, so um, we start the episode off with Robin and Juan being the introductory. And... Uh, they're going to throw a Christmas party. I guess they throw this every year. For some reason, it's not on the show. I've never seen it before. Or maybe I'm being forgetful. You know, hit me up on Twitter if I'm being forgetful. But I I don't remember um, them having this annual Christmas party. But they're having it this year. And um, as we know, um, Robin is going to be popped a question at it and we know she's going to say yes what else is she going to do one is the only man she's ever been with but you know we'll get to that later so on some more important things because that was a snooze fest oh and i wrote down in my notes that giselle calls one um giselle calls one she's doing a confessional and they're like is he gonna pop the question of course he's gonna pop the question he bought that fucking mosaic or however you pronounce it, ring, and he's going to pop the question. And what better to do it at than a party where all of the cast members, except for Monique, is going to be there. Their parents are going to be there and friends. So anyway, she calls Juan, and like always, he's checked out. His phone starts to act up. You know, if I am ever in a situation where I'm in immediate danger, 
I'm just going to follow the head, the bald head, the balding head of Juan Dixon. And I'm just getting the fuck out of Dodge because that's what he's good at doing. <clears throat> so, Monique goes to therapy. I would like to say that I have recently um, been converted from being a Monique stan. And I think as much as I want to stand one particular person on the show or two, I can't. These ladies um, are truly an ensemble cast. And each and every one of them has good and, I guess, bad qualities or negative qualities that um, I can't really just stand for right now. Um, but Monique goes to therapy um, and she feels wrote off. I've always gotten that from her from season. I think she came in season two or three trying to prove herself to Giselle still up to she's in this mess because she wanted to prove herself to Giselle. She thought Candace was going to be an easy lick. They were on the fuck Candace train and Monique popped Candace. Monique could have waited. She could have waited. Candace was going to say something that was going to be excuse enough for, you know what? I would have popped her too. But she was just so anxious. She thought she had the green light. So she feels wrote off. Um, she feels like she's steady proving herself. And she claims that she was bullied a lot growing up. She went from a white um, neighborhood and house. Uh, not household. That's silly. She went from like a predominantly white neighborhood and school to a predominantly black neighborhood in school. And um, at the white school, no one wants to play with the black girls. At the black school, because she spoke. Um, Y'all, I'm just not politically correct. So because she didn't speak sp our slang, she wasn't speaking Ebonics, she was speaking proper English. The black kids called her, called them white or whatever. Um, I've had that growing up with my ignorant ass cousins. Sometimes they're like, oh, you're white. We don't say that word. We say this one. And now look at me. I, ugh, I've been on Twitter and stuff too much. I can't speak proper English to save my life. Now, um, she's talking about how she constantly has to prove herself. And I'm thinking it makes sense because, oh, my gosh, Monique is such a try hard sometimes. Like sometimes you just have to tell people, look, get with it or get the fuck gone. I'm not for everybody. And she can't do that. Like, I don't know how much more clear Giselle is going to be able to make it. She doesn't like you, Monique. She's never going to like you. You could defeat the president, the current sitting one right now. And she's not going to like you. We could all get 40 acres in a mule, meal, and she's not going to like you. She's just not. Good luck with Karen Cancer for Giselle's approval. It's not going to work. Um, before I go to the next part of the show, can we just all thank God for a new therapist? Can we just all thank God for a new therapist? I know the other lady and that one man they like to use. I know that they're based in Atlanta. Um, but they have them everywhere. And, I, and I'm just so thankful that they have a new therapist. I mean, it's just a breath of fresh air. Monique claims she's remorseful. 
Monique is not remorseful. Monique wants her check. Understood, I would want mine. But Monique is not remorseful. And stop saying that you're defending yourself. So this is the thing. I used to be a Monique stan. Um, Monique Samuels presidential fan club. Not just a regular one. Presidential. You know, loved her. Followed her. Stalked her on Twitter and Instagram and anywhere. She's just such a beautiful person. Oh my goodness. She's stunning. And I think she does have a bubbly personality. But she's also a Libra. And... You Libras have this thing where you guys think you're doing damage control, but you're really just giving you guys, you're, you're, you're wrapping your own noose around your neck and then you're hanging yourself and you don't want anyone else to cut it down, but, but you can't cut it down. So, um, she claims that she was defending herself. This is why I dropped Monique. At no point did Candace engage in physicality first. I will be the first to say Candace deserves an ass whooping. And she deserves a real one. Not the little smack down or pat down that Monique put down. She does deserve a really, really good ass whooping. But the reasons why you say you did it, that's not what happened, boo. She didn't throw a glass at you. I mean, she eventually did. But by that time, you were already pop, 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 slap, slap. You know, putting her head down on the damn... You know, washing the dishes with her damn head. That was a natural response to getting drug across the table. So, um, she's lied to everyone. She's lied to the blogs. And at this point, I, I understand. I would hate to be in Candace's shoes. Um with people constantly laughing at me getting beat up because you know we're all saying get over it but i can say that in every fault in every fight that i've lost it has not been recorded i don't know if that's by the grace of god i talk way too much shit to have a recorded fight but um we're not our ass whoopings aren't displayed for millions of people to tune in and watch make memes of and tag us on all of our things tell us we should die you know some people get really crazy over this real housewives love and hip-hop their favorite rapper thing i can only imagine what she's going through and it just took me some time to really sit down because i thought oh my god with the theatrics who hasn't lost a fight before but it's not just a fight it's the first fight that she's ever had it's the first fight that she's ever lost and it was embarrassing she picked the dog up like an infant (laughs) <laughs> like Future said, pick my dog up like an infant. She picked her up, slammed her across the table, pat, pat, pat. And you know what the most disrespectful thing about it was? Monique didn't even punch the girl. She was open hand slapping the back of her head. That's so disrespectful. You got to punch me. You got to punch me. But Monique, you were not defending yourself. You started the fight, okay? She had you fucked up, okay? She had you fucked up. And I just feel like if you would have waited five more minutes, I guarantee you Candace would have said something that would have resulted in you having the green light to go whoop that ass. But you let, you know, Giselle pump you up. So we're going to go on to Michael and Ashley. So um, Ashley and Gollum are watching Dean and watching Dean. Um, 
I love that nickname y'all have given Michael. I cannot look at him without seeing that guy from the Lord of Rings. Now, I do not watch the Lord of Rings, but I know what the little dude looks like. Um, Michael actually has this thing of trying to smooth things over and make, you know, and make Michael appear to be this person that I don't think he is. <laughs> I don't think he is. I think that um, to me, I think it's like. To me, it's it's kind of, it, it, it's giving Wendy Osefo, but like with the spokesperson, you know, Wendy goes around and she says, I have four degrees. I have four degrees. I'm Wendy, four degrees Osefo. I have four degrees. Well, Ashley goes around and she tries to convince everyone that Michael is his good hands-on parent. And I don't see it. One, Michael is like 76. I don't know any 76-year-old that's a hands-on parent. Do you know what your kids do at your grandparents' house or at your mom's house, at their grandparents' house? Absolutely what the fuck they want to do. Um, Dean was in Michael's arms for two minutes and then his head was back on the floor. He fell. He fell. I mean, I've dropped a few babies in my time, but I don't claim to be a hands-on parent. Um, they are talking about the wig shift party um, and Michael makes the statement that Candace gets to be a victim for another day. Now, Michael has venom towards Candace and uh, Chris Bassett. I think, honestly, because... He's a predator. And by he, I mean Michael. Michael... Uh, he has a boundary issue... And Michael and Ashley both seem like the type of people that feel judged just because you don't want to do the shit that they want to do. And that's not the case. I just, it may not even be that I don't want to do it. Maybe I just don't want to do it with you or I don't want to talk about it with you because of the way that you move. Um, he also is very adamant that Juan would not propose to Robin. Now, <laughs> If anybody's been watching, you know that Michael has this crush on one. He was either going to suck Juan's dick or Chris Bass's dick. I can't remember whose dick, but he was going to suck one of them. And if I had to toss a penny in the air and say heads or tails, heads and tails would both be one. Um, he wants to suck one's dick. He wants to be one sugar daddy. He wants that black cock. Can I say that on the... I don't know. Hmm. But he wants that black meat and he wants it inside of him. He's tired of Ashley's fingers. Um, and then he starts to go back and forth with this whole, well, I don't know. Well, I, I can't say if me and Juan are cool. We're best friends. We ace boom coons. And it's like, no, Juan is just, he just seems like a very non-confrontational guy. He's not going to tell you that you're weird to your face. He's just going to kind of do this thing where, Maybe he acts like he's asleep when you text him. Maybe he is asleep when you text him because you're probably texting him late at night on some weirdo shit. But um, this this crush, this broski crush that uh, Mike has on Juan, oh, it's about to play out at the end of the episode. He's about to act a whole fool over his lover, y'all. Um, 
So Candace and her abusive mom goes to the nail shop. Um, as they're walking in, um, in the confessional, Candace is actually talking about how she feels betrayed by Karen. And I used to defend Candace and say, oh, like she's like 26 like me. And then I looked up her age and she's in her 30s. Now, I have mommy issues. I'm not going to judge her for having those. But to me, it's just amazing how this whole season has been. Candace getting her ass whooped and the trauma and the post-it notes and the therapy and the lawsuit and the PTSD from getting slapped on the back of the head. But you're at the nail salon with the woman who beat you upside the head with a purse and you're claiming that she's been the most supportive person she said i'll be damned if anybody else smack you upside your shit shit we're gonna handle that <clears throat> they talk about house honey i don't really have much to say about that i don't have any shade uh candace and chris they did purchase a home i saw that on instagram um Miss Dorothy wants to move in. I think she's joking. I hope she's joking. But knowing her, I wouldn't be surprised if she tried to move in and run that household. Miss um, Dorothy has a severe case of empty nester syn syndrome and in your business syndrome. So I can definitely see her trying to move in and alleviate um, some pressure off of Candace as she's a new mom whenever that does happen but i just see that being a big problem uh later on down the road um this was just it, it was boring so my review on it's a little boring but we're getting there um karen goes to hsn to uh sell her ladam fragrance if i did not have this inclination that it would smell like white diamonds by who was who made that elizabeth taylor was that who made it oh, okay i would try it but i don't want to spend six like i'm already I'm, I'm already over my youthful hump of my 20s so i'm at 26 i don't need to age me any further um she wants to rehash the wig shift party with ray of course karen has been able to sit and plot and think of her excuse and her way out I don't care what the text messages say now and what they say at the end of the episode. I truly believe that Karen was going to have them run into each other on some accident shit. And, and she wants to be the person to facilitate them making up or maybe have, you know, or maybe, you know, have the next biggest fight of the season at her, you know, at her event in her scene. I don't, I really don't know because in the back of my mind, I think that Monique and Candace both made it clear to production that they didn't want to be around each other. So I don't think they were going to um, be in each other's physical presence. But something is not sitting right with me about what Karen did. Because like Candace said, what would have happened if I would have came one time? Karen just needs to say, look, I wanted everybody to attend. I wanted to give Monique some camera time. I knew that if I said that Monique was coming to set up, you guys wouldn't have showed up. And then I would, this scene wouldn't have been in the episode. Monique wouldn't have gotten camera time. My wig shift party wouldn't have had camera time. I, I just wanted everyone to be there. I don't know why she can't say that, but 
she's given that old school dance around the answer not very straightforward thing that people over uh, 45 start doing and i just i don't like it but i understand it um but shout out to karen um her wigs have actually improved so much over the past few seasons and um the fact that she has Ladam in a store bloomingdale's and she's selling it on hsn she has found her niche this is her niche the people that would buy Ladam fragrance are watching hsn and they're making monthly payments of 9.99 on it okay interesting stuff i mean it was a snooze fest for me but uh if i had to base it off what i think people would find interesting i think robin and wong being at therapy is interesting so off the rip i'm like one is trapped one always looks like he's in a state of just being emotionally obligated and tied down to a woman who he's no longer in love with anymore and it sucks because he's gonna feel like that he i think he feels like if i leave this woman after everything that she's done for me i am a user i am the biggest piece of shit i have failed as a family and i think the fact that he does not that he does not have his parents anymore um kind of ties into why he's trying to make fetch happen i don't think that robin and juan are meant to be together this is just via the short information that i watch and the, the things that i see um you know on tv and some of the things that i've heard or that i've read like on lipstick alley they said miss robin was a mod back in the day and she used to argue back and forth in the juan dixon thread so um, you know, my lipstick alley days, I think they go back to when I was in middle school. Uh, and so I know how juicy it could be on there. Yes, that's right. I was 12 and 13 reading y'all grown tea. Sure was. That's why parents supervise your, your turn. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, like I was saying, I think Juan is trapped. Juan lost his parents at an early age or maybe in high school. I don't know what he lost them to. I don't know if they died. I think one may have been on drugs or something. And, you know, he meets this girl. Her parents essentially take him in. He becomes an extension of their family. They go off to college together. You know, it's kind of like, in a way, I'm, I'm with you because I owe you because you helped Maybe if I didn't meet you and, and I didn't, you know, become an extension of your family, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. Yeah, that's what it is. I think he feels obligated to Robin, but I don't think that he's in love with that woman. I don't. I don't think a lot of men are actually in love with the women that they're with, because when you ask them what do you love about her it's never oh you know she has this little cleft in her chin or um one of her eyebrows is droopy or her nose turns up a funny way like women will love all of the quirkiness the way you eat your cereal the way you grind your teeth um the way you problem solve men will be like well, she just put up with everything she was there for me when it was rough. 
And I owe her for that. What do you owe me? I think you owe me the opportunity to get into a real relationship with someone who loves and appreciates me and is infatuated with me and isn't doing this as an obligatory move. But um, he, in therapy, um, of course, Robin reveals that he wasn't very present with the kids. And then he says something to the notion of the second one, as if to say he was present with the first one. Now, if I'm not mistaken, these kids are like seven, eight, nine. So this isn't an 18-year-old that we're talking about. This isn't some grown-ass 30-year-old kids we're saying I wasn't present. Nigga, like, if you ain't if you wasn't present with the second one, then you damn sure ain't present with the first one. They're still they're just like toddlers with a little bit more height. It it I looked at that and I was like, oh, here we go. They're about to start arguing over semantics. So then they, you know, they open up and he says um, he could have been a better husband and she could have been a better wife. Robin's saying I was raising these kids alone. I didn't have time for all. It looks like Robin wasn't putting out, wasn't trying to be affectionate or things like that. And I don't think that she could be. God damn it. Raising kids is hard. That's why I don't have any. All of mine are in heaven. All of them. My taxpayer dollars, they go straight up to King Jesus. You can watch them. Um, And then Juan admits to having emotional affairs. And I'm not buying that shit. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I'm not. An emotional affair. You was out here fucking hoes. You was in the NBA. We're... Robin could have pussy popped on a handstand while juggling the two kids. You was out here digging in puss, sus. That's what you were doing. Robin is not even the girl that you want to be with. Again, you feel like you owe her this. But deep down, that's not where you want to go. And I think there's some merit to what Karen said about uh, you need to be concerned with what Juan says when he gets drunk. I think, have you, you guys remember... One going off, take snatching this microphone off, talking all this shit about Robin and Robin pretending like she couldn't hear it. But the mics picked it up and he was talking cash money shit to the producers about Robin. So that's what you said when you were just a little angry. I can only imagine what you said when you're drunk and you don't have any control over. You don't have as much control over what comes out of your mouth or, you know, in the case of Michael Darby, what goes in. Anyway, I stopped taking notes after that. So God bless the timeline of the rest of the show. Um, Candace is asked to sing at the event. I'm actually still on the fence on whether Candace can sing or not. I think I sound a lot like her. Something. How does the song go? Heal your hearts where it starts over a go-go beat. Um, yeah, I think I did a really good job, you know, mimicking her. Um, but she sounded really good when she sings this song. I will give it to her. But when she tries to sing happy birthday, it just, um, it doesn't do it for me. I don't know how you can be off on happy birthday, but mm, especially if you're a singer, that's like, you know, come on. But she did a good job. Um, one thing about Miss Candace is that that pageant queen stepped in really quick. When those sounds and those, uh, 
the sound check was not working, a bitch like me would have froze up. <laughs> a bitch like me would have had a whole conniption, a meltdown in front of everyone. I would have been haughty and pouting and everything tapping my feet. I mean, being a straight diva, I'm not singing till my sound check is correct. She said, fuck it, acapella. Um, and then the song popped up in the middle of her singing and it was on sync with her so congrats to her or production i don't know who you know sorted that out i don't know how idea whose idea that was because surely they would have done sound check before the start of the event but she's always late so that could have been another thing um karen karen is not able to make it to the event one time um she did text and let the girls know that her plane had a little hiccup and that she may not be able to make it. And this is another thing that I want to point out. And this is just with people in general. When you're on someone's shit list, you're on someone's shit list. Karen's deceased mother could have woken up out of the grave and re-died. And it wouldn't have been enough. It just would have been, you know what? She wants to avoid the conflict that she started at her wig shift party. And then we come to find out that Karen does make it. She puts, and she looks very nice, by the way. I love it. I have that same pantsuit from Fashion Nova in black. And my ass cannot fit it because um, I can't wear the two and three and four X stuff that Fashion Nova has. I can't fit into Fashion Nova curve. I'm not big enough. But the XL, I'm spilling out of. So um, I uh, hopefully I can lose some weight. Before I go to December in two weeks. Before I go to December in two weeks. Before I go to Houston in two weeks. So I could look like Miss Kern. Um, but she shows up of course. The girls kind of grill her about it. Um, Michael is. Meanwhile Michael is making like a lot of. Little. Suedo. Broski. Homoerotic. Just quirky ass shit he's saying stuff to robin you know how you ever met two people that were fucking and one person's really laid back and the other kind of wants everyone in the room to know that they're fucking and so they make little jabs and little digs and like little insiders like they want to seem like very exclusive in a way they kind of throw their exclusivity out there um but it looks very one-sided again i don't think that one is dipping into uh, Michael or vice versa. I do think that Michael has an extraordinary crush on one. And um, we can see that by him, you know, pestering the entire party, um, telling people that one isn't going to propose to Robin, um, asking one if he's going to propose to Robin. I feel like at this point you're there at the party. So if he's going to propose, you're about to find out anyway. Of course, um, Juan tells him no. And I wouldn't tell Crocodile Dundee um, yes either. He would fucking ruin it. Do you think that if Juan told Michael, he would not find a way to ruin the fucking party? Look what he did immediately after. Immediately after he acted a full-blown elderly ass. So... Mike was going around saying that one, he knows that one is not going to propose. Giselle is like, you need to spit out what the fuck you got going on or shut the fuck up. 
She double checks with one. It's a go. And y'all, I'm so sorry. One of my nostrils is completely closed up. So I'm breathing real hard and just trying to breathe out of one. But um, she gets that straight. Um, everyone looks great. I hate, I hate that Monique was not invited, but I'm kind of glad. So they can't, at least Robin won't be able to blame Monique for ruining her engagement party. Michael did that all by himself. Um, but everyone looks great. I mean, even Robin looks beautiful. And a lot of her outfits are misses, sort of like Giselle's. But everyone looked good for the most part. Even Giselle, I couldn't remember what she had on. I remember Karen's outfit. Um, Ashley looked very good, even though it was looking very junior promise. I have that same dress in my closet. And actually, I still, I carried that from high school to college. I got my first boyfriend. He's in the NFL. And, um... We were supposed to go to a charity event together and I was going to whip that junior prom number out. And I'm so glad that I didn't looking back because, honey, I look like I was going to like a 15 year old's King Senior. But she had the more glammed up version of it. I loved it with the sleek ponytail. Um, I loved Wendy's outfit. <sighs> oh, honey. You know what? I just, I don't know what it is. I just like some Africans, some Nigerians. I like them bitches in fucking white. And I like them in fur. And that bitch had bow. Double seed up. I liked it. Now, I don't give Miss Wendy a lot of compliments. But what she did was that her and Eddie looked amazing. Okay? Um, Candace looked amazing. I don't even remember what the fuck she had on. But she looked amazing. Uh, Chris looked amazing. Juan looked amazing. Um... And Robin, again, Robin looked, um, that is her. Just something, a very nice, sleek wrap dress. You know, a nice bob, blonde. What more could you ask for from Robin? I know, like, personality, but I'm just saying look-wise. Like, that that was it. She looked amazing. Well, Juan pops the question, and Crocodile Dundee has a fit Oh my goodness. So the whole episode, the whole party, this man looked like a normal old white person, which is a little peachy pink, right? He was beat red. He's bald. So when he blushes, his whole body turns red. He is fully flushed. I am having um, third degree embarrassment through the um, TV. As a matter of fact, I had someone over who had no business being over my house yesterday and me and him were watching the episode together. Um, and he actually pulled me back in so that I could watch the juicy part. Cause I was just going to, I was going to watch, um, half of the episode yesterday and then half of the episode today. And he said, no, get in here. It's getting juicy. <laughs> so I came back in and he is livid who goes up to someone at their engagement and ask why didn't you tell me you were going to get engaged what about congratulations and keep it fucking pushing but i get it it's beef robin took the love of his life you know you gotta do what you gotta do you gotta pretend to be happy you gotta cry through the pain and let me give michael darby a bit of advice <clears throat> Sometimes you have to love somebody so much that you got to be okay with seeing them with who they really want to be with. 
Now, I can get the heartbreak factor because Juan is leaving you for somebody who he don't even want to be with. So I get it. There's more out there for him. But he acted a complete fool. After that, I think Michael started getting belligerent. He started saying little broski shit again. And when I say broski in this context, I'm talking about that homoerotic, let's jack off in front of each other and act like it didn't happen and then progressively end up sucking each other's dicks and then filling each other up with dick. That type of broski material. And maybe I watch too much Pornhub sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, it'd be lonely during the pandemic in the panorama. But he makes this one comment how one is going to have a, a, or cheers to a bachelorette or bachelor weekend in Vegas. Just the two of them. No cameras. You know, I think, I think Michael is under the impression that everyone is a little bit gay. A lot of gay people feel that way. Um, sometimes I do. That everyone is a little bit gay. You just have to bring it out of them. And I think that's why he crosses the lines and boundaries with so many other people. He can't fathom a world where men don't like other men. And more in particular, him. I mean, why not? He thinks he's a hot businessman. He's rich. The ladies sit down and they're grilling Karen. I kind of already went over this. I told y'all this shit was going to be out of order now. Um, you hear me? I'm sipping on this drink. It's, I'm, I'm getting warm. I got my heat on. I'm having a hot flash. I'm sorry I'm all over the place. But they're grilling Karen. And then Candace gets into an argument with, well, not an argument. Candace starts crying and carrying on about how Karen's straddling the fence and tried to set him up and how she doesn't understand. And Karen, you know, saw what the fuck happened. Ain't no truth gonna come out. And Crocodile Dundee takes it upon himself to walk up to Chris Bassett and say, you need to control your wife. And that pisses Chris off, rightfully so. Chris turns around, he push, he takes two fingers, pushes it until his chest, you know, pushes him out the party. And then, um, damn, my camera exactly because I'm, I'm getting a little tipsy. Crocodile Dundee starts talking about, are you touching me? Are you touching me? Are you touching me? You need to control your wife. Shut the fuck up. Are you touching me? Are you touching me? I got my lawyer on the phone. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. And, um, he started saying things that were highly inappropriate. He called Chris bald headed. He's bald headed. The fuck? <laughs> called Chris bald-headed he called him a low life he said he's a failed businessman um how people you know and then security steps in even Juan steps in Juan starts to push him out of the party too and he tells him this to fucking chill like this is embarrassing oh my goodness Ashley is having a conniption um and uh you know of course Crocodile Dundee tells Ashley that, you know, Chris hit him and touched him and pushed him or whatever. And so Ashley then goes over to Candace and says, you know, oh, so Monique can't control herself. Da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, my God, girl, that is not what happened at all. That is not what happened. That is not what happened. Your man started this this time. Your man was in the wrong. Or this time, Candace and the Chris, the Bassett, the, the Dillard Bassett family was in the right. So, um, I guess, you know, Michael makes the statement that if Chris doesn't leave, he's going to call the police. So, I guess 
Producers get Chris out of the party. They go home. Karen and them leave. Karen gets right. They go home. Michael comes back into the party and he's now arguing and threatening production. But just two seconds ago, he was calling the lawyer and the police on anyone that touched him. The security guards that touched him, anything. And then he goes and he starts telling the producers that he can be here. Who the fuck are they to tell him? And he starts talking down to them. He talks, he it, it was very much so classist. It was very much so egomaniacal. <laughs> Y'all, please forgive my vocabulary tonight. I promise you, I'm I'm a lot more well-read than this, okay? It's just been a while, but this egomaniacal, egomaniac, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> this egomaniac starts... Um, telling producers you can't kick me out of here you don't own this fucking place who the fuck are you why are you touching me it's so disgusting he's being belligerent with um producers everyone is just pushing him the fuck out ashley is like you're fucking embarrassing me you are such a fucking embarrassment and then um the scene ends and (laughs) it does the final the you know how the finale it says what everyone's doing and they went on a vacation to the Bahamas the next day. I guess Michael had to blow off some steam. All in all, this was a very, very good episode. I cannot wait for the reunion. Of course, Juan Dixon isn't going to be present. But who's surprised about that? Nobody. Can I also add that I did not like Sharice when she was on the show. I wasn't a particular fan of her, but she is the embodiment of Potomac. And I want to bring her back. And Sharice, Miss Mamas has went and got a good wig lady and a good makeup artist. And she looks amazing. It's, she's giving me cha-cha. And, and I love it. Um, I just love the way she carries herself, even when she's being shady. That eye, the eye cut is everything. But, you know, Sharice looked good this episode. And I hate that I didn't write notes down for the second half because I kind of freeballed it. But that's what happened, guys. Um, I am no longer Team Monique and Karen. They have a lot of explaining to do. Um, hopefully, they can um, rebrand and pull me back in next season. Um, but I feel I just... And I, and, and I get it. I probably would have beat Candace's ass too. But I'm, I'm starting to lean towards everything that Giselle said about Monique was true. Even if it was rooted in jealousy. Because I can be jealous and you can be a lying ass scoundrel of a Libra um, at the same time. It's very possible. And I ignored... A lot of red flags about Monique in the beginning, her, you know, double back, you know, double backing on the words and things like that because she was just so beautiful. And I like her laugh. I like her personality. And so, and she stuck it to me and old Giselle at first. And then she's, you know, what really bothers me about Monique is that I know that if Giselle came up to her right now, pulled her pants down and bent over, Monique would kiss Giselle's ass. After all of this, Monique will still kiss Giselle's ass. She will still want to be friends with her. It's that Libra in her. She can't help it. Libras want to be the belle of the ball by any means. By any means. So, um, Monique does bring out a receipt book at the reunion. 
um, next episode. I don't know how that's going to help or hinder her case. Um, I don't really like any of the outfits from the reunion. So um, they really brought it with the outfits in the finale. So I'll just give them a rest for that. Um, I, I just don't like those reunion outfits. I'm sorry. If I had to choose a winner, it would be Monique. But again, Monique is one of those girls that could wear a potato bag and make it look good. But second place would be Karen because it... Poor, uh, she really had the Portuguese look down. The fancy ball, you know, the leg out and everything. I just did not like the dress overall. And I saw where Ashley was going. I saw where she was going. I think she just kind of got lost along the way. So this is my first recap. It may be a little long. It may be a little wordy. Um, give me positive feedback. Give me constructive criticism. I guess give me negative criticism that I talk too much about um, the timeline and should I just give them more of my opinion? What were you guys looking for? What did I leave out? Just, you know, let me know. Again, it's my first time recording. Hopefully um, the drinking and hopefully that wasn't too much for y'all. <laughs> if not, I'll try to keep that down for the next episode too. So Thank you guys for listening and tune into Real Housewives of Potomac uh, Sundays at, what is it? Well, it shows up, it, it comes on at eight or nine my time and I'm central. So 